Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Thursday. We're live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, our NFL meat sandwich, Greg Cosell. If you love fantasy football, betting football, getting smarter at football, Greg Cosell stops by. Big NBA night last night. Wemby struggled in New York. J-Mac, you know, there's different. Somebody told me this years ago. Not everybody is the same star. When you say NBA star, you think, oh, I've got my guy. But there's the take a pay cut, Tim Duncan, team Mm. first guy, and then talented but kind of into his own world, mellow Mm. guy. So not all stars are created equal. Would you agree with that? I would largely agree with that. Yes, I would largely agree with that. So here we go. The Philadelphia 76ers beat, in my opinion, the second best team in the NBA last night, the Boston Celtics. The Sixers are now... Six and one without James Harden. Ball's moving. Uh, the Clippers are 0 and 2 with James Harden. Something I had said last year. I thought Harden was stunting the growth of the ascending young Tyrese Maxey, whose usage rate has gone up. He gets the ball. No more orange cone in the middle of the road blocking him, known as James Harden. The Sixers have been talented for years. But they've always had this one agitating chemistry blocker on the roster. James Harden, Ben Simmons, Jaleel Okafor. Maybe it was Nerland's Noel. Again, just an orange cone in the middle of the road stopping traffic. Well, now they have cleared the deck. You have a clear one, the MVP, Joel Embiid, a great two, an ascending, dynamic, surging young athletic star, Tyrese Maxey. Love his game. And then a very solid 17 a night, number three, no ego, Tobias Harris. Surrounded by role players, many of who have expiring contracts, and you can upgrade this already very good team at the trade deadline. Collecting talent was what the process was all about. You remember Sam Hinkie, the process. Collecting talent, great. It did get you Joel Embiid, but not really anybody else, right? Maxi came from deep in the first round. The Warriors are the best example of how important chemistry is. Uh, they got rid of ascending Jordan Poole, 25-a-game talent, brought in old Chris Paul, scoring days are over. Significantly better team. Now, a very good road team where you have to hang out with teammates. Remember how bad the Warriors were on the road last year? Because on the road is when you're going to dinner and hanging out. They were fine at home, right? You can be an average team and win at home, average chemistry and win at home. The Warriors were 
awful tire fire on the road. No longer because they got the one agitator out of the building. For years, I've heard this about James Harden. Well, I led, led, led the league in assists. That doesn't equal chemistry. Do you know Russell Westbrook's career average of assists is higher than LeBron's? You think he's a better chemistry guy than LeBron? There, there are a lot of fanboys out there that go, oh, Stephon Marbury used to get assists. Was he good for chemistry? James Harden gets assists playing with Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid won the MVP and he's a great finisher. So if I pass the ball to him, I would get an assist. That doesn't make it great chemistry. Harden has always been a me guy, and now the, the Sixers feel like we guys, right? It feels like the ball's moving. The chemistry's better. It was classic addition by subtraction, and listen to Joel Embiid last night sum it up. The fact that guys want to, you know, play with each other and, you know, they like being around each other, I think he helps a lot too, um, you know. Guys are, you know, unselfish. Uh, the ball is moving, um, no matter if the shots are going in or not. Um, you know, guys are just happy. Well, speaking of happy, what's the opposite of that? Unhappy. Let's talk New York Jets. So if you whiff on a quarterback, what transpires is a domino effect. And what Zach Wilson has become is human quicksand, pulling everybody in with him. So yesterday, a coach I defend because he's excellent on his side of the ball, brings great energy and passion, Robert Sala, went on the Yes Network, and uh, here's what went wrong. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why Why not give him a try? No, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, a fair question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just. Uh, I've I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously. Oh, that was bad. That was live, and that was bad. When you whiff on a quarterback, you're constantly defending the indefensible. But just think of the domino effect with missing on Zach Wilson. Think of what it created: massive stress on the GM, who now answers to a very impulsive ownership group. Stress, agitation on the head coach who has to go in weekly radio hits, TV hits, and defend the indefensible. GM and coach, lots of stress. They also gave up great, not good, great draft capital and then had to go get Aaron Rodgers, who in his last year in Green Bay appeared to be a declining player who couldn't lead the Packers in a wobbly division and a weaker conference to the playoffs. Couldn't beat Detroit at home. Then you had to bring in Aaron Buddies, Alan Lazard, who can't catch, and Randall Cobb, who can't get open, three catches on the year. You had to do that for Aaron. Then you also had to hire an offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, with a hit-and-miss reputation in the league. Nice guy. Is he a great coordinator? Would you have hired him otherwise? Uh, no. Then you had to add... And a reach, add Dalvin Cook. I never liked that. You had a star running back, but that was to appease Aaron Rodgers. Look at the domino effect of Zach Wilson's miss it has created. You got the head coach going up, trying to defend it. Everybody in the locker room knows it doesn't work. I got nothing against Zach Wilson. I, I really don't. I wish it would work. I root for all young quarterbacks to work. Imagine if he was as good as Trevor Lawrence. Oh, wait, they could have had Trevor Lawrence, but they won meaningless games three years ago. In the end, there is massive stress around this organization. I like the coach. I like the GM. But you miss. You miss on that quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. Trey Lance was a miss for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Okay? It's all good now, but they have a three-game losing streak. And what if they lose in Jacksonville? Then the Brock Purdy story comes to a screeching halt as their schedule stiffens down the stretch. You can miss on virtually any position. You whiff at quarterback the amount of stress that is piled on Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, reach for Dalvin Cook, get Aaron's buddies, spend lots of monies, 
now have no cap space, give up draft capital, and we're at week 10. This thing could careen off the freeway here any minute. J-Mac, the good news is you face the Raiders next, so it's a... You don't have Justin Herbert this week. You get Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I don't know if I can agree with that. Max Crosby against the Jets' offensive line? We just saw them <laughs> fold against Bosa. Uh, Wilson was sacked eight times. This, this could get ugly, and I will be at the game, but uh, I don't have great feel. I don't have great vibes about the Jets in Vegas this weekend. You? They make um, the card for you? Yeah. I. There's only three games I really feel strongly about in the NFL. One of them is the Lions over the Chargers. I have a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, new users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Takes a couple of minutes. Now for my parlay picks of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take Lions minus two and a half at the Chargers. You know the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage, and I think the Lions' excellent offensive line can hold off the Chargers' pass rush. I'll take the Cardinals at home plus one and a half against Atlanta. Kyler Murray returns. He wouldn't return unless he was ready to play. I'll take the Cowboys minus 16. I know, weird, right? I hate big favorites. The Giants offense, though, currently with this quarterback is the worst I've seen in the NFL in years. If you want to take the herd, parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. When you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Here's the latest on the Michigan story. There's a lot of moving parts. Michigan has now sent its response to the Big Ten. Okay, regarding the allegations and the disciplinary action the Big Ten has sent toward Michigan. So they did a 10-page response, general counsel, big law firm. Uh, They'll get injunctions. They're telling the Big Ten, if you go too hard at us, we'll get injunctions and push this thing down the road. So right now it's a unified front at Michigan all behind Harbaugh. That's obviously also what companies, any company does initially when there are uh, allegations of fraud or deceit. The company, general counsel, you hire a law firm, you threaten injunctions. Everybody is behind Harbaugh now. So I'll get to that more in a second. So there's three things that need to be said that a little bit of new information. Number one, and we told you this yesterday on the show, middle of our show, middle to late, is that we did not 
I was not hearing that Ohio State or any other Big Ten school was the one that leaked this. I was told it was somebody in the building at Michigan. And as I said, these college coaches, Saban, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, Jim Harbaugh, Lincoln Riley, they can be very polarizing in a building when you're constantly cutting sports and jobs for the big, rich football coach in the program. So I was told it was somebody in the building or within the Michigan family that leaked it. There are now stories. You can pursue those if you want. It's called Google. It's a search engine. It works on that. The second thing is I've been told the circle of people at Michigan that knew about this advanced scouting, which I still think is incredibly overstated. Everybody is doing some of it. Michigan went a little over the top, said slap on the wrist. I'd have no problem with I think it's an overblown story. Many don't, but the circle of people that knew at Michigan is bigger than has been reported. Probably no good for Michigan. Number three is there is a very strong possibility if this gets messy. Let's say Michigan loses. Let's say the NCAA comes down hard that Michigan's unwavering Harbaugh support would be diminished or would erode. It's fluid. Support from the top down in big companies is always fluid. Right now, it's all unified. Um, It wouldn't be terrible for Harbaugh. This is going to be a very rare year where there's multiple NFL offerings, potentially, that are good. Chicago with a top college quarterback. It's a great college quarterback draft class, including Harbaugh's own at Michigan. Commanders with a good roster, weapons, and a rich new owner. Potentially the Chargers, though I think they make the playoffs with Justin Herbert and weapons. Tampa Bay, solid roster, lots of weapons. Get a college quarterback. The Raiders, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Colton Miller, Jacobs, a lot of weapons. Again, good college class, including Harbaugh's quarterback at Michigan, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Bo Nix, Michael Penix. It's like five guys that are going to go. There's a kid at Duke, a kid at Florida State, a kid at LSU. We could have eight quarterbacks go in the top 38, 40 picks. So it's very unique. And remember, the last great job opening in the NFL may have been Matt LaFleur with an aging Aaron Rodgers. Before that, it was Mike McCarthy got a job with Dak, Zeke, and a great old line. Those are rare, really good jobs. Uh, there's Now, I'm not saying... The jobs this year equal that Chargers could, but it's a pretty pretty tasty lineup of cap space and young stars where you got four to five years and not having to pay for them. Very good for Harbaugh and his agent. Uh, but between the Big Ten's punishment and Michigan's pushback, if it's too punitive, we will get an injunction. We'll muddy the waters. That's what I'm hearing. And also, if the NCAA punishment is too harsh, Jim exit stage right. So Michigan's in a weird spot where they're going to be highly supportive. This is what corporations do when an employee gets in trouble. They are highly supportive and unified initially. But if it gets too messy, Michigan loses to Penn State and Ohio State, that could be very, very fluid. Joel Klatt yesterday on why the Big Ten shouldn't rush to judgment here. I have defended the process and, and, and I've been an ardent defender that Tony Petiti and the Big Ten should not circumvent the process. And the process being gather evidence, all of it, deliver the evidence to those accused, and then make a judgment afterwards. If rules were broken, they should be punished. And it looks like rules were broken. The hard part is, is that if you rush ahead of the process and you allow mob mentality to force you into action, if you're Tony Petiti, you're setting a very dangerous precedent. That's where we are now. New things unfolding. Very fluid. I don't think Michigan's winning because of sign stealing. I think they're winning and will have 19 guys drafted because of recruiting, laser focus, and finally a star quarterback at the university. But that's where we sit today. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. So uh, yesterday it was announced uh, the Titans are going to go with Will Levis, the second-round pick uh, from Kentucky. Big arm, kind of cocky, good-looking guy, big arm. Uh, He's looked very good so far. 
I've said this before. This is great for the NFL. They, we need some new blood. Uh, and also, when you find a, a, a second round or a late first, you're not paying these guys. You can load up your roster and you get really talented teams. So Vrabel's a good coach. He's got a young quarterback. They'll move off Tannehill. They announced that yesterday. So I root for all these young guys, even Baker Mayfield. It's good for the league. And I'll give you an example of that. So we're only in week 10. We're just halfway through the season. Look at the quarterback matchups starting tonight. It's awful. Bryce Young against Tyson Bagent. If I wasn't a sportscaster, I wouldn't watch it. And I love the NFL. Gardner Minshew back up and Mac Jones. Nobody likes him. Now, C.J. Stroud and Burrow is interesting, and I think it's a good game. But when that's one of the best matchups and you're putting that on a rookie, it states the current dilemma. Derek Carr and Dobbs, a backup. Love and Pickett, ugh. Levis, a rookie. Baker Mayfield. Now, Niners-Jags is an interesting game, but Brock Purdy is a seventh-round pick. Watson and Jackson, Goff and Herbert are the only two matchups this weekend with successful, highly productive veteran quarterbacks. Then it's Heineke, Kyler Murray, DeVito and Prescott, Howell and Geno Smith, Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, I think could qualify as interesting. I'm hoping it is. But the Russell Wilson situation and Denver's been choppy and messy. But essentially, you've got Watson and Jackson. And by the way, I don't think Deshaun Watson is elite anymore. So that's one of them. Goff, Herbert, no question. Franchise, highly productive. Russell Wilson's career, doesn't have the juice he used to against Josh Allen, who doesn't have the coordinator he used to. Look at the dilemma in the NFL. That's bad. That, that, that is not what you want. So, you know, the NFL, a well-run business can often feel like it's lucky. You know, the Patriots for years, you kind of felt between Brady and Belichick. It, it was lucky, but that's what happens to good, well-run businesses. So the NFL, you're saying this is a bit of a crisis. It is. But now we've got a really deep quarterback class this year, and it should be noted this past draft class, for all the eye-rolling it got, Stroud looks like a hit. Will Levis looks like he could be a hit. Anthony Richardson was until he got hurt, and Bryce Young just needs help. I don't know if he's great. He just needs help. So this draft class looks like it was better than most, myself included, suggested, this next draft class looks like we have six first-rounders and a couple of kids like LSU's Jaden Daniels, who I think is really underrated as a second-round prospect. So that's the good news. This year's class and coming-up class could fill 10 roles, and there's a lot of them I really like. Hey, you want a, you want a spicy take for tonight's game? I do. So it's uh, Bajent versus Bryce Young. Yeah. Right, two rookies. Bryce Young went number one overall. They traded up for him. What happens if Bajan outplays him head-to-head? Who takes the, who takes the fall? Is, is Frank Reich maybe one and done in Carolina? No. Like, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. They go get Bryce Young. He looks way worse than CJ Stroud. And now he loses head-to-head to Bajan. Who's going to take the fall? They've already changed play calling to the offensive coordinator from Reich. I, I texted some of the producers. The owner Tepper is a very impetuous fellow. Yeah. He's he just very fired Steve Ballmer. He just fired the uh, soccer coach in town. He owns that team too. He's just firing coaches. Quick trigger. I wonder if Reich is in some trouble here. He better not lose this game. Like get embarrassed. Island game against Bajent, undrafted dude. Bryce Young. This is a big spot for him. I know. I know that's one way to get into the game outside of gambling. Yeah. Because um, there's not a lot of fantasy well, guys. but it's very interesting for Chicago. So Justin Fields is not going to play. Yeah. And so you're getting into a situation with Justin Fields is, forget the fact that he's 6-25. and 25. <laughs> He's just not available enough because of his style. He has missed 10 starts. 10 in two and a half years. Eli Manning in 12 years missed zero. Availability is a skill. So... Because of his style, and this was a concern out of college, he runs a lot to be successful, putting his body in harm's way. He asks a lot of his body. And he has no real feel in the pocket yet in the NFL consistently, so again, he has to run. 
And that was a little bit the story in college. You remember, as a sophomore, he ran 137 times. As a junior, it was COVID. He only ran 81 times, but there were fewer games. So he actually ran more per game in college as a junior than as a sophomore. You would think as he aged, he would run less. Ohio State had great receivers, great offensive lines, and his natural instinct and style is to run. So he had multiple injuries in college. So I think you're getting to a point in Chicago if Chicago won tonight, what is the message? If they do win tonight, there'll be a reason. They pick up third downs, right? That's what Justin Herbert did the other night and Zach Wilson didn't. You got to move the chains or a bad defense in Chicago looks worse. So there are two concerns about Justin Fields coming into the pros. Um, would his style, ran a lot, be effective in the NFL? And would he stay healthy because he was dinged up at Ohio State? And right now, definitively, it's 0 for 2 on those. So, uh, you know, the answer is no and no. He's not staying healthy. And this style to this point, now I'm not saying it's all his fault. Uh, Matt Everflus, by the way, and when you have a quarterback struggling, (laughs) we just heard Robert Sala bad on a talk show. Here's a confused Matt Everflus yesterday on Justin Fields. He's not medically cleared to go um, right now. And, uh, He's getting better though. I mean, he's he's uh, accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better, and you know he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful. If he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. We got to give him playing tomorrow. Yeah, he's not playing. He's he's not playing, but he's doubtful. There's is he out or doubtful? He right now he's listed as doubtful. Sala, Eberflus, defensive coaches trying to put lipstick on an ugly situation at quarterback. It just quicksand. It pulls you down. So the style's not working. He's hurt a lot. I'm not asking a guy to be Eli Manning, but there's a lot of different things here. He's beaten a couple of winning teams his first year. I think he beat a Raiders team that was a winning team. San Francisco, it was Trey Lance, but he won that game. But it's just like I came into the season saying it was like 57% he'll make it, 43 he won't. Now I kind of feel like it's 43 he'll make it, 57 he won't. I do think he'll get a second chance somewhere. But if Chicago won tonight without him, it's not great. Not great. I don't think they will. What's the line on? I'd take Carolina tonight. What's the line? So it was three and a half when it looked like Fields was going to play. Now it's three. So Tyson Bajan is is only laying three points on that. So you're telling me the difference to odds makers between Justin Fields and Bajan is half a point. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, let me just double check. No, I mean, uh, I mean that's that's a problem. They that because yeah. those guys okay, so no three and a half at some spot still, but three, three and a half. I don't know, man. CJ Stroud's worth more than half a point. If you don't believe me, Vegas, the DraftKings, those guys, it's all about the lettuce. They're telling you there's a half a point difference between Justin Fields and a Division II quarterback last year. Man. That's not me. That That's Vegas talking. You Remember got a, how, you got a problem. I can't f- forget how good Fields was in college. He went oh. toe-to-toe with Trevor Lawrence. Hey, you, you, that did you watch Sam Darnold in college? Did you watch Tim Tebow in college? one game. Jamarcus Fields. Russell in college? Uh, a lot of guys are great in college. It just stinks. Uh, Fields is not going to be a starter. Hey, Zach Wilson slinging it for BYU. A couple times. Come on. Come on. Maybe one season. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Nuggets Warriors? Gotta tell you, I felt like I was watching the Western Conference Finals. So Draymond was out, a big catalyst for them, but Jamal Murray was out. So... I watched the Warriors last night. This is a deep team. They have 10 guys when Draymond comes back that can play and contribute and be productive. Kuminga, by the way, with Chris Paul on the bench. Moody on the bench. That's a good bench. Uh, Saric gives them size now. Obviously, they miss Draymond. He's their best defensive player, one of the top two or three in the league. But uh, this is an incredibly deep team. Now, the Nuggets have the best player and the best starting five in the league, but they have absolutely no bench, which lets them be vulnerable. So if, 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 if the Nuggets had a great bench, if the Nuggets had the Warriors bench, this, the season would be done. Nobody would have a shot other than maybe Boston would push back. But they have no bench at all. And now with Jamal Murray hurting out for a while, Nuggets will lose some games. But I don't buy the rest of the West right now. The Clippers, James Harden, they're 0-2 with him. The, the worst plus-minus on the team. I don't think he helps. The Lakers are 0-5 on the road. That's a pretty good indication. Chemistry's not great. The Grizzlies are 1-7 without Morant. They're a tire fire. Dallas is too Luka-dependent, and Kyrie will go sideways. The Suns, I think, could be good, but Booker, KD, and Beal haven't played a game together yet, and Beal's kind of slowly coming back. But the Warriors, Saric and Looney give him size. Chris Paul, a better Kaminga, and Moody give him bench scoring. Excellent starting five with lots of playoff experience. It's gelled completely. Rick Buecher talked about this. You could watch easily last year. You could watch the first five games for the Warriors last year, and you could see it wasn't going to work. The chemistry was awful. Similarly, you can watch them now after a handful of games, and as Rick Buecher said, it clearly works. I don't know if they're talented enough to win it all. But I have been amazed once again that you can bring in these disparate pieces and they can all sing Kumbaya as quickly as they have. And that's Chris Paul included. There's just a belief. You know what? If we come in, if we play their system, if we uh, do what we're asked, we have a chance at a ring. Now, if the Nuggets again had a bench they would just fly through this league, but they don't, and it leaves them vulnerable. Jamal Murray's had some injury issues, so they're a vulnerable champion. But right now, Denver best team, Boston absolutely number two. I think Warriors, Philadelphia, kind of feel like three. Harden leaves Philly. Kept telling you, J-Mac, get the orange cone off the road. The chemistry will get better than Philly. Philly looks pretty good. Speaking of orange cones, uh, the Warriors, who have no size, had a grand total of zero blocks last night. There's zero resistance against Jokic. He got whatever he wanted inside. Uh, Draymond may- did okay. not play. He didn't play. They, weigh, they may end up playing Anthony Davis again in the postseason. We saw Lakers, what happened to them against the Warriors. They just dominated yeah, but the difference inside. is, last year, their second unit was awful. 
Their second unit now is good. It's a strong second unit. I, I love the Chris Paul. Uh, by the way, do you have a bromance going on with him as well? I know you and Draymond are tight. Chris Paul and I eventually will be friends. Yes. I it hasn't happened okay. yet. Yeah, it might not happen because I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan. You've hurt me with Barkley and Chris Paul. <laughs> be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. 44 years at NFL Films if you like fantasy football gambling, just want to get smarter with Greg Cosell. All right. So, you know, I always feel like it's the same thing with Dak. I like so much of it, then I never trust it. <laughs> then I never trust this team with two minutes to go in their final drive or two. But what did the film say? I mean, I would imagine the film liked mostly what he did. He and CeeDee Lamb are a real problem for this league. Yeah, no, Dak played well. I think it all started up front. I thought that most probably were surprised at the way the uh, offensive line for the Cowboys played. They totally handled the defensive front of the Eagles until the very, very end. Tyron Smith looked like he was uh, back five years, the way he played left tackle. Did an unbelievably good job on Josh Sweat. Uh, Tyler Smith, the left guard, handled Jalen Carter. was a really good matchup. They did a great job. Dak was comfortable. And the Eagles secondary has some issues right now. They don't really have a slot corner. Um, Bradbury and Slay have not played well this year. They actually put Lamb in the slot a lot more in this game than in other games this year because they knew the Eagles did not have a slot corner. They're playing Sidney Brown, who is a box safety in college, and they're playing Eli Ricks, who's not a slot corner. So they had matchups that they felt very good about, and they attacked the Eagles secondary, and it was very, very successful. And Dak, comfortable in the pocket, threw the ball very, very well. He was a confident thrower. Yeah, so clearly something with Buffalo's offense. Now, the O-line looks better this year than last. They still haven't developed a consistent run game. But there is something between the day ball to Ken Dorsey pivot that doesn't feel as dynamic. I don't know what it is. They don't throw the ball deep as much. That's just my eyes. What does the film say? What is wrong with Allen and the offense? It's a very condensed offense right now, Colin. They do not work at the intermediate and deeper levels the way they did in the past. They're lacking explosive pass plays. See, this was a team, this is not an overly talented offense. I think there's a myth out there that this is a really highly talented offense. They've got a high-level quarterback. They've got Diggs, who's a very good receiver, but not a vertical dimension. They don't really have a number two wideout on any kind of consistent basis. They're working in the rookie tight end, Kincaid, but you can't talk about him yet as a top, top receiver in the league. Their O-line is probably average. They still have not developed any meaningful run game. The way they always scored in the past was they would make explosive pass plays, and that has not happened this year. So when they don't make explosive pass plays, their offense has a very condensed feel. And if you're going to have a condensed feel in your pass game, then you need a run game, and they don't really have one. So it's not they're not overly talented on offense, but this is no different this year than in previous years. But in previous years, they made explosive pass plays. Best game of the weekend to me are most intriguing Niners and that loaded roster at the Jaguars. So you have been, I wouldn't say critical, but you didn't buy into Trevor Lawrence as much as you had other quarterbacks. You said he's not as talented as Josh Allen. I like him a lot, but you know, I was one of these, he's great. He's going to be an all-timer and you always push back a little as you did with Russell Wilson correctly when I was over the top. So what do you see? (laughs) What do you see? I, Um, I, I really like Jacksonville a lot. They had to go to London. They were tremendous. They come back. Everybody said, oh, they're going to not get their sea legs. They were excellent. How do you think they match up, Trevor and the guys match up with the Niners defense? Well, and I think Trevor Lawrence is playing really good football. I think he's he's getting incrementally better. Um, you can see that he's in very comfortable playing now. So you're seeing his arm being a little livelier. He's tough in the pocket. He's got very good movement skills. I think he's become a very efficient player who can also push the ball down the field. I think the addition of Ridley has helped tremendously. He is an elite route runner. Everybody made a big deal when Christian Kirk signed that contract, but he lines up inside and outside for them and is a really valuable piece to what they do in the pass game. And Trevor Etienne, 
Not only is he a good runner, but they can detach him from the formation. We saw that a few weeks ago when he caught a touchdown against the Steelers when he was split outside. So they have weapons. And Evan Ingram. I mean, Evan Ingram can run for a tight end. So they have a lot of weapons. Um, I think that Trevor Lawrence is playing high-level football, um, and this is a really good offense. Any concern now? We got a lot of tape on Brock Purdy. Three-game losing streak. Anything concern you? Not really. I think the totality of Purdy is very, very good. I think the dynamic of that team has changed, and that makes it appear that Purdy has when he has not. This is not a team that's built to be behind. This is a team, they've not run the ball particularly well in the last three games. Their defense has not played particularly well. So the whole dynamic of their team and the way that they're built to play has changed. But if you look at the totality of Brock Purdy, uh, he's played very well. All right, let's go Browns-Ravens. Um, I really, I've had the Ravens' best team in the league for several weeks. I think Zay Flowers yeah. has changed things. You know, I've always loved the organization, but I don't think they've done a great job until this year in furnishing with Lamar with really nice perimeter weapons. Mark Andrews is special. They've had run games, defense. But I've always thought the receivers, they've missed on a couple. I kind of feel like it's all working. Now, now, you tell me what the film says, but I feel like they would be a hard team to defend because they have so much speed on the outside. Yeah, they do. But it's interesting that they're still a running football team. They still play Patrick Ricard a ton of snaps. Um, I believe they lead the league in rushing. Their O-line has been dominant. But there's no question that they're much more explosive with the weapons on the outside. I think Lamar's played really, really well. I know some people look at his numbers, but see, the goal for the quarterback is to play the game that that specific week demands. Right. The way they're playing on both sides of the ball, including their defense, which has been really, really good, is he doesn't need to drop back, Colin, 40 times a game. I mean, two of the last three weeks, they have won big against the Lions and Seahawks. He doesn't need to throw the ball 40 times. He's not going to put up numbers like that, but he plays the game the way that game demands to be played i think he's played highly efficient football he can be explosive when necessary and they still run the ball at a really high level this is a complete football team right now i, I want to talk about their defense because there's so many household yep. names on the niners a chase young a bosa a fred warner armstead baltimore if you asked a casual fan all their great defensive players you get a blank stare they don't have the superstar but when I watch them, they suffocated a great Detroit O-line. Goff, yeah. weapons, just took them out of the discombobulated Detroit. What are they doing? Yeah, they're, they're, first of all, they're schematically really, really good. They've got two outstanding linebackers. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen have played really well this season. Kyle Hamilton, the way they're using him at safety, he's a very versatile player. He's a safety, and he plays slot corner at times for them. Um, their pressure schemes are really good in terms of attacking and breaking down pass protections. I, I, I'm telling you, I was saying to our matchup crew, I watched your Dave Van Clowney these last couple of games, and he looks like he's been reborn. Because don't forget, Clowney's with his fifth or sixth team. Yeah. He's never been a great edge pass rusher because edge pass rushers, for the most part, do not end up with five or six teams before they're 30 years old. <laughs> he's never been that guy, but he looks really, really good on tape. Even Kyle Van Noy, who's always been a very complete player who can do multiple things within the context of a defense, he's played well. And the name to remember is Justin Matabuke. He's really played exceptionally well as an interior defensive tackle. He's been a dominant force inside. So, yes, their players are playing well, and schematically, their young defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, is doing an outstanding job. So I, I want to talk. I think the second best game is Detroit. I like the Lions to go into Los Angeles and beat the Chargers, who were on a short week coming back west. Uh, Detroit got beat up by Baltimore, but I think we all acknowledge this is an Alito line. Weapons, golf. They now have edge rushers. When you watch their film, if I just said they're, I contend they're the Cowboys without the brand. They're what we wish the Cowboys were. <laughs> right consistently the yeah. same thing every week except one you know every every good team has a bad week but i think we we all every year we think the cowboys are going to be something and i think detroit is 
what we want the Cowboys to be. I don't see a lot of holes here. Do you? No, and I think that what we saw, too, with my, David Montgomery being out is we've seen the explosive element that Jameer Gibbs now brings to the offense, and that's something that will you know now be part of their offense. It may not happen every week. I think the tight end Laporta has really helped a lot. Um, the spacing with their route concepts is among the best in the league, really defines reads and throws cleanly for Jared Goff, who's essentially a pocket quarterback who throws the ball really, really well. And I think an overlooked element is what Aaron Glenn has done with this defense. I think that he's done a really good job as he's built up his career as a DC in a short amount of time of understanding what works, what doesn't work. He understands the versatility of some of his players like Aiden Hutchinson, like Jack Campbell, players that can line up in multiple positions. Alex Anzalone is playing really high level linebacker for them. So I think this is a relatively complete team right now. Yeah. All right, so a, a game that you wouldn't have thought two months ago would be a great game, Texans at the Bengals. So let, let's start with Burrow. As I made this argument, is that I think it's he's the only guy on the planet. I think it's Joe Montana accurate with Tony Romo mobility. And I said coming out, I thought he'd be a better Romo. Well, he's a much better Romo, and I loved Romo. But I watch Burrow, and I think situationally, he's the rare athlete. I think Jeter had this, Elway, Michael Jordan. I think he's better in crisis than he is on first and 10. I think he's more focused. Uh, he tends to, in crisis, more focus on Jamar Chase. I think he's making tight ends that are meh look much better than they are. What do you see? I know I'm going crazy on Burrow. I think he is so good situationally, third yeah. down. What do you see? Yeah. And you're right, because he, if you look at the last four games, which they've won, his first down numbers, his third down numbers and his red zone numbers are off the charts. OK, he sees things and processes at such a high level. He is really good versus zone. I mean, he just sees it. He knows where the voids are. He has a great sense of timing and anticipation. Um, and he's a very comfortable player. I mean, it almost looks easy to him. And you and I both know this is not easy at all. But he's playing at a really high level right now. And let's not overlook that defense under Lou Anaramo. He does a really, really yeah. good job. There's disguise. There's late rotation. He makes it difficult for quarterbacks. And they've got some young players in the secondary. The corner, Taylor Britt, he's becoming a very good player. The safety from Michigan in his second year, Dax Hill, he's developing into a pretty versatile, multidimensional safety. So we don't talk about their defense enough, but their defense is pretty good as well. You know, it was funny. When C.J. Stroud came out, uh, his comp was Jared Goff. And I said, I see it. Uh, now, we did see him run against Georgia, like we saw Herbert run against Wisconsin. So there was some right. wiggle that we didn't previously see that both were protected by their college coach. So I said, if he's Goff with mobility, that's pretty darn good player in the NFL. That's, pretty that, good. that's not a criticism, Goff with mobility. But I think even that said, his accuracy, I mean, he just had a record-setting performance for a rookie. I'm fascinated what the film saw because my when I watch him, I'm blown away by it. Or is it is it schemed up? Is he seeing the field? What are you seeing? Oh, he sees the field really well, but I think for a young quarterback, as a rookie with new receivers behind an offensive line that he never has played behind before, I think the trust he shows in making throws, which then relates to anticipation, is really high level. And he's the kind of kid, I mean, you watch him, and, and I kind of felt this way watching him at Ohio State. I think he could roll out of bed and be precise with his ball location. He's just one of those guys. He's got a compact delivery. He's a naturally precise ball location thrower. But the trust he shows, Colin, in, in throwing the ball early because he sees it cleanly is really high level for a young player. And just a quick aside before we get to the play. Laramie Tunsil at left tackle last week. And by the way, that Bucks defensive front is not bad at all. They've got two pretty good edge rushers. Laramie Tunsil played at such a high level. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. My eyes were glued to him play after play when I was watching the pass plays. Okay, so your play of the week is C.J. Stroud. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, let's go to the play right now. This was the game winner, and there's so many cool elements to this play. We'll just focus on a few. This was the game winner, I believe, with less than 20 seconds to go. This speaks to a lot of what we were just talking about. You're going to see Stroud in the gun here. 
Now, what he's looking at is going to be cover four, quarters coverage, which they had seen a lot in this game, particularly in the red zone. So they expected it to some extent. And so what you're going to see is trips bunch to the wide side of the field. But we're going to focus really on two receivers here, Noah Brown. He's going to run vertically, and that's going to challenge and eat up the safety to that side. Then you have Tank Dell now. That allows him to work one-on-one -on -one against the corner, Carlton Davis. But what's really special here, number one, Dell's going to run a great route. He widens Davis. But when you freeze it here, this is when Stroud is starting his delivery. Look where Dell is. He hasn't even really begun his break yet. This is the trust and anticipation I'm speaking about because he understood the coverage. He trusted his receiver. He trusted his protection. And this is a big-time throw in a high-leverage critical situation that won the game. And you can really see what kind of throw it is from behind C.J. Wow. Stroud. So Stroud right now, he I mean, the fact that he only has one interception Crazy. for a rookie quarterback is really impressive. Yeah. Greg Cosell, as always, Thursday. It's a kind of a sparse weekend of great matchups, but we touched on them. Greg, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, Colin. Always you, love it. Appreciate you, it. You bet. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.